This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by NordVPN, the virtual private network which allows fans to watch football games, films and TV shows that aren't available in your region. It even saves on travel costs, so if you're planning on travelling with the family or to watch the Amazon in Europe, NordVPN allows you to purchase flights and hotels from different locations across the world and that will save you a few quid. Maybe you're a bit of a shady character and whatever you're up to, you want to give yourself the best possible chance of not getting caught. Whatever the scenario, NordVPN provide high-level protection for your data and personal information wherever you are in the world and boast the fastest virtual private network in the world, so no buffering and no lagging. So for less than a pint or a cup of coffee per month, you fans can watch all the games you want live from the comfort of your own sofa. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash Way to get your exclusive discount plus four months free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash Westamway. Listen to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWHU employee. After a disastrous result against Newcastle we came away from Craven Cottage with three points. Is that all that matters at this stage or does the poor performance behind that win raise concerns for the remaining fixtures? We have that debate, talk about the treatment of David Moyes on Saturday, Belgium on Thursday and Arsenal on Sunday before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Hamway. X, we've played two games since the last show. Both games have one thing in common, in my opinion, and that is that they were both terrible performances. However, starting with a positive, we've gone to Fulham, kept a clean sheet and come away with three precious points. That's all that matters, isn't it? I think so. I mean, I think terrible was probably quite strong for that. It wasn't the greatest of performances, that's for sure. Um, But an away performance where you keep a clean sheet, they didn't really have any major opportunities to score apart from the one where Fabianski made a good save and we missed. You know, Ings missed a chance, Corday missed a... I mean, Corday was dreadful. All he had to do was square it and Ben Rahm had an open goal. So I think, you know, I think it wasn't as bad as some people are making out. I mean, I'll come on to that in a bit. But on, on the whole, yeah, it wasn't the greatest of performances, but it is, it is the three points that, that really matter. And we got them. And I thought there were some very good individual performances, particularly from the keeper and, and the back four. Um, so, yeah, that's all that matters at this point. I know people don't like to admit that. And it's sort of people are trying to say, well, it's not good enough performance. I don't care. I honestly don't care at this moment. If West Ham can stay up and win the Conference League playing 
as they played in these these games, then I'll take it because you know that is ultimately how you're judged on the end product, and and that will be a, if it is staying up and winning a trophy, then happy days. It wasn't the best performance, of course. You'd like us to win two, three, four nil, um, but in these situations, Fulham have had a decent season. Yes, they were missing Mitrovic and their manager on the sidelines, but they're a decent team, and we've gone there and we've picked up the three points. That's that's what you want. I mean, I'm quite possibly one of those people you're referring to because when you look at the performance, defensively we were decent, but I wasn't overly impressed with Fulham in a final third. And like you say, I think it also makes a difference not having Mitrovic. I think they're almost a different side without him, to be honest. And yes, their their manager was sidelined as well. So you could argue that it's a really good time to play them, having now lost their last five. But that said, X, Fulham still had 77% possession and we had 23%, which now brings me to what I think is the most shocking stat from Saturday. In terms of accurate passes, Fulham completed 581 and we completed 122. How much does Thomas Suchek contribute to that piss-poor statistics? And why do you think Moyes consistently picks him when he must have access to these stats and see what we see? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with the Thomas Chichet comment. The only thing I would say with the percentage, obviously, the amount of passes you complete is going to naturally be less if you've only got the ball, the small percentage you've got. So those two stats almost go hand in hand rather than two separate stats. If you see what you see, what I mean, like if you've only got the ball 27% of the time, there's only so many passes you can't make. So if you see what I'm saying... Well, yeah, but then it's your job to get that ball back and 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 try and take control of possession and uh, calm things down and spend more time on the ball and look to be more progressive and create more chances. Oh, yeah, but we didn't just, do that, did we? No, I'm just saying it's a similar stat, though, in a way, rather than two separate issues. It's the mm. same issue, really. But, I mean, one thing I'd throw at you, mate, when we look back at our favourite, if you used to pick your favourite away day um, from last season, including Europe, what would you pick? I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say you're gonna say Leon and you're mm. gonna you're gonna quote the percentage at me, which yeah. is fair enough. But the difference is we we were flying then. Yeah, but um, I mean the percentage was thirty two percent, mate. So so it was only a little bit more. The difference was the difference was if we'd taken if Ings had taken his chance, if Cornet had taken his chance, um that would have been three nil then and then and people would be looking at that stat statistic a lot different. I'm not I'm not lying. I'm not I'm not sorry, I'm not being difficult. I do agree that the percentage is not great because it shows that you've you've been chasing the game for the majority of it. But yeah. away to, away teams often have the lower percentage and as 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 I say, it doesn't matter if they've got the ball and they're just passing it backwards and sideways they're going to have more percentage by doing that I'm not saying Fulham did but that's the way around that statistic I think ultimately it is a worry um, that the, the percentage was that low but I think you're right to allude to the fact that Thomas Suchek is the issue because I think out passenger. of complete yeah, passenger I, I agree and I'm, mate I've been saying this for two years you know I've heard, I've heard people slag my opinions off left right and centre this season just for daring to offering a different one for David Moyes I've been saying and you can quote me even when he got hammer of the year I was saying once the goals dry up, he doesn't offer anything else, and that—that's exactly what's happening now. Um, and he—he he is a complete passenger. I think he touched the ball maybe twelve times today. I think against Newcastle or something like eight times or something like that. And then it was only sixty-three percent completion. He—he he is a complete passenger in this team. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't ever win a header anymore from corners. He occasionally wins a header from a Fabianski goal kick, but then it doesn't go anywhere. It just goes up in the air or back to. 
back to the defenders. I don't understand why he is continuing to be played when Flynn Downs has came on both times now and looked much more effective. You know, and that's not even including the likes of Lanzini that could play there, the Fournells that could play there. Even you know, you're looking though like if Connor Coventry was still there, he'd be a better option. And even to go as far, and obviously they haven't got the experience. That'd be a massive gamble. But you look at how the under 18s played against Southampton. Of course, the guys in midfield haven't got the experience, but they won six one. Lewis Orford played as a sort of defensive midfielder. That's not his natural position. I think he's more box to box, but he played brilliant. Um, uh, what's his name? And Patrick Kelly um, played really, really well in midfield as well. So there's there's options there. I, I don't understand. I even think play, playing Kerra out of position as a defensive midfielder would be a better option than, option than Suchet. I cannot understand why Suchet continues to get into this team. And for as much as I try and defend David Moyes and bring out an alternative opinion, this is one thing I just cannot get behind. I just don't understand the constant selection. Apparently, he was very close to choosing Flynn Downs over Thomas Suchek, um, because obviously he was going with the kind of back to the old school um, like team that he did for Fulham, and obviously Downs wasn't there last year, and Suchek was. That was the thinking, but I think he was quite torn on that. But that aside, I don't understand why Suchek continues to get into this team. It's a, it's a ridiculous decision, and it's ridiculous that no one's pointing it out, and if they are, he's not listening. Yeah, it's the strangest thing, mate. It's like he's got some compromising photos of him or something, and then David Moyes has got some compromising photos of David Sullivan. There are so many unanswered questions at the moment, um, and so much just doesn't make sense. And and look, when it comes to football and what you achieve and what you win, it is all about results. Of course it is. You know, if we go every single game next season getting battered, but we win every single game and subsequently win the league and get a trophy in the cabinet, we're all laughing. But let me tell you why I think the result on Saturday isn't necessarily the only thing that matters at this moment in time for West Ham. Because we can't keep playing this badly, X, and hope that we can get something out of the game. Yes, we beat a poor Southampton. Yes, we beat a poor Nottingham Forest. Yes, we beat a poor Fulham. But can we play like that and beat Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, Man United? Because they're all coming up. Can we actually play like that and beat Bournemouth away, Palace away and Brentford away? Because we've got them as well. I'm not so sure. And this is why even after a win, I'm genuinely worried still. Yeah, it's a fair point, and you're right, but we keep getting, like you said, we got it against Everton as well. Um, you know, I think we've got Leeds at home. You know, they've just been battered by Southampton. I think we'll pick up points there. I think we will pick up points against Bournemouth Palace, Leicester, Leicester in a bad way as well. As I also said, despite having these ludicrous opinions, I just thought I told you that one of them, Palace or Leicester, would drop. Leicester looked most likely now up to two of them. Um, and, and that's because Palace have changed their manager. Not necessarily. I think Palace well, of course was. Twelve. It is. He's won two out of two. Yeah, Palace was Palace was twelfth anyway when they changed their manager. So yeah, but they were dropping. You, uh, you 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 tip them to to potentially fall into the bottom three because of their form. Yeah, now they're, they're they're flying two out of two. Mate, if you want to do the um on the because they changed their manager statistic, I've got another thing to throw at you. Okay, just and this is this is facts. This is not opinion. This is facts. I've got okay, an answer since, for you now. But go on. Okay, since the start of January, yeah, so 2013, if the form table has West Ham tenth. 10th in the full table, which everyone would agree if we then win the Conference League and we're 10th would be a good 
a good a good season. The only teams above us that have changed their managers are Wolves, and they're only two points above us, having played a game more. Yes, I know that game in hand for us against Man City, but they are still only two points above. And Aston Villa, who, yes, Aston Villa are the exception of that, absolutely brilliant. Of course, this stat doesn't include Roy Hodgson, and he would have got the 100% record so far, but we are 10th in the league. Um, out of all these teams, which from the start, if you were to have said from the start of January, the, the new manager is going to come in, whoever it may be, and they're going to have you winning both games in Europe and have you finish, uh, have you 10th in the form table. I'm sorry, you'd take it. You would do. And the other statistic I'm going to throw at you at this point, and this is, again, I'm not defending what I, I think there's serious issues. Well, I am defending him, but the Newcastle game was a disaster. Individual yeah, we haven't mistake. even touched on that yet. Fuck no. me individual mistakes I would say the more the main cause there but still a disaster but as I've always said we pick up the points to stay up then we can address the situation in the summer in my opinion because the other thing that I was gonna um the other stat that I was gonna show um is where is it I've got to kind of find it now because it was important oh yeah since um David Moyes has been manager right so since he took over Permanently, um, in 2019 or whatever it was, since the, se- the second spell, I believe, since he's been manager, and this is includes only the teams that have been in the league with him. Okay, so teams like the whole time, so a team that's been relegated or a team that's been promoted, that time's not included. Out of all the clubs in the top division, we are seventh. Out of all the games that we could have played, Manchester City are top, Liverpool are second, Arsenal third, Man U fourth, Tottenham fifth, Chelsea sixth, West Ham seventh. Seventh out of all the matches since he's been in charge. And of course, that's based upon the last two seasons prior to this. But the absolute stick that the guy is getting, when you look at those stats, if John Lyle was manager now, there's no way he would have survived this current, I don't know, campaign. I'm not sure I buy into that, X. I mean, firstly, the stat that I thought you was going to throw at me is, I think, one that you shared on Telegram where you said that if you look at the amount of clubs that have changed their manager with a certain amount of games left, but still gone down, it's quite overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Right? Most clubs. But but if you look at... I, I would put a wager on this. You look at every single one of those clubs, they wouldn't have had the squad that we've got and they wouldn't have spent £180 million on players. No, and that's the criticism of Moyes. But the thing well, is... It is. But why does the last couple of seasons keep fucking getting him out of, of trouble all the no, time? Even when you're, you, But you're using the statistics... Well, it does, because even you, you're using the statistics that overall since he's been in charge, he's seventh. Well, he ain't seventh anymore. And last two well, seasons, no, he, he didn't win anything. He's seventh in that table, but yes, yeah, not seventh at yeah, the Yeah, but moment, he's not in he? reality, is he? No, but he is... He's, <laughs> You know, I, I I think we've got to ask some serious questions in the summer to the point where I probably would, I'm, I'm almost certain I would replace him if the right manager that I think can take this club forward is available, 100%. But there's people, I had someone message me, like, you know, we beat Fulham, and I'm glad you haven't done this because I think I just have to end the podcast at this point. Because I'm sure, <laughs> but um, the, I, had someone, I had someone message me and say, the win against Fulham doesn't count. And I said, why is that? And I said, because Fulham scored the goal. And I was like, so you're telling, you're telling me because Fulham scored an own goal, you can't give Moyes any credit for this? I said, so if West Ham had lost 1-0 by an own goal, what would you be saying? Like that. And there's people, I'm not saying it's you, mate, I'm not saying it's the majority of our listeners, because I'd like to think the majority of our listeners are above this kind of 
I don't know, stubbornness maybe. But, you know, you've got people making the most ridiculous excuses up to try and discredit a win because they don't like David Moyes. The bottom line is, whatever we think of him, whatever we think of his style of football, and yes, the style of football is very poor at times, the signings just haven't settled. Whether that's his fault, the board's fault, the individual player's fault, I'm not entirely sure on the answer to that. Um, but whatever's happened, it's not been great. But at the end of the day, this absolute... I don't know, meltdown that West Ham fans are having about David Boys being manager. We're sitting 13th in the league or 14th, whatever it is now, which asks one, two points, whatever it is, of 12th. You know, we're still in a quarter final. I think let's just get this season, get behind the team, get behind the manager and assess the situation at the end of the year. I, I just can't share your enthusiasm, X, and I, I desperately want to. I really do. And look, you know, and I hope the listeners have been listening long enough to know that I'm not someone that is an attention seeker. I don't like being negative for the sake of being negative. I'm generally a positive person, and I just want to talk about how amazing it is to be a West Ham fan at the moment. But with David Moyes, and I've said this on a previous show now, um, we have got enough quality in the squad that will get him out the shit during the odd week. And what worries me, X, and this is the point I alluded to earlier, is that we have got some tough games coming up and we are not going to be able to get away with that level of performance against these sides. And you say that, you know, we're not far off of 12th now, but we're also still not far off the bottom three. And if we play like we played against Fulham against Arsenal, they won't fuck about with us. We will get absolutely trounced just like we did on Wednesday against Newcastle, which was another humiliation. And and there have been whispers, and you can either give this credit or give it discredit, there's been whispers that if we go down, David Moyes would keep his job. Well, that also suggests to me that if we stay up, David Moyes will keep his job. So how happy are you and everyone else watching this dross football that contains a squad of players that I don't give a fuck about the PR that they put behind this, by the way, are unhappy at West Ham, with staff that are unhappy at West Ham. How long is everyone prepared to suffer that with the the, the, the style of play that we're witnessing? Because let's not forget, Sam Allardyce was booed off after a win at home against Hull. So as a fan base, we have got form of not really accepting poor performances but we're potentially going to be going into a new season because of inverted commas, credit in the bank, where David Moyes didn't win anything for the last two years, but did actually domestically still do quite well. How much credit does he have? And this is what worries me. And this is why last week, and I fully expected a bit of stick for this, I almost would would have sacrificed a defeat against Fulham for someone to then come in and take us for the rest of the season because then you start a rebuilding project, then you get your players playing, then you get your staff happy. And then if you if you tick all of those boxes, we've got the playing staff to do the job for you. But I, 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 I still worry that we're in a relegation scrap. I'm still 50-50 if we're going to stay up. And, I, and do you know what? Even though we should do, and again, we've had this debate before, even though we should win the Conference League, I'm not convinced we will. Because I don't think we've got the right man in charge. He should be winning it, but I'm not sure. And and I I, I don't know, mate. I, I, I just look at the performance, the stats, our overall season, the fact that he's now having a pop at the fans, the relationship between pretty much everyone at the football club seems broken. I, I, I Honestly, mate, I, I don't know how and why there is a defence for David Moyes anymore, in, including yourself, with respect. I really don't. I love your optimism, but I don't get it. Well, at the end of the day, if if David Moyes takes us down, 
Um, which, yes, there's still a strong chance he could do. 100% he needs to be sacked, 100%. If um, David Moyes keeps us up and we don't win the Conference League, then, yeah, probably time to go as well. If he keeps us up and we win the Conference League, then you need to have a think about what the options are in the summer and maybe you need to see who is out there and realistically will take the job and then you make the decision who is the better long-term solution. And that would be what i do. And, yes, I would be... The first person amongst many that if Moyes relegates us, then it's a terrible season because at the end of the day, he's had all that money. As you've said, he's got a squad that's better than the other teams around him. Um, and it's a massive underachievement, one that's had a catastrophic effect on the club. So yes, he should go. I 100% agree with that notion. But uh, at the moment, my feeling is that he will keep us up and there's a strong chance he will win the European trophy. And therefore, I don't know who to replace him with still. And I know people don't like that argument, but there's a reason that Leicester, I think it was, and Bo- and was it Southampton, tried to appoint Jesse Marsh. You know, a guy that was sacked from Leeds. There's a reason that Chelsea, who are the biggest spenders in the whole of football, like this in January, that are bigger than some uh, major leagues put together, have appointed a manager that they sacked what, less than two years ago, um, and that was sacked from the club that he managed in between them as well for almost getting them relegated. You know, the, the, I just believe that at the moment, if he can keep us up, which I do think he will do, and that's obviously what Sullivan thinks, and yes, you're right, it probably is a PR tune, um, and it's probably people saying the right thing because they know they have to say it, but Declan Rice um, said um, how much they try to do it for the manager, and of course, he probably knows that that's the right thing to say, but regardless of whether it is or not, he's still saying it, as are the other team um, uh, players as well. I just think for the time being, if you change him now, Rogers has said he wants to wait to the summer. If Rogers, had, if Rogers turned around and said, I 100% want West Ham, I'm, I think it's a great project, blah 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 I want it tomorrow then of course I'd be very much like you know what that could be the kick we need to really make sure we get out of this and win the conference but he said he wants to wait till summer Uh, I think Potter's said the same thing Benitez wants a three and a half year contract rather than a, a temporary contract the other managers like company have just taken Bernie up probably just wouldn't we want to just end the season on that success um, and then think about their options. Carrick probably wants to try and get Middlesbrough up and then do it. I just don't know if there's the person's coming right now. And yes, you can say throw all this money at people, but they'd probably rather wait. What? It's not even six months now. It's like two months to see where West Ham are. And you know, you don't want to manage West Ham in the Championship as opposed to in the Premier League. This is a completely different ball game. We'll lose almost 90% of our squad. I would say if we get relegated, you'd then be having to play in a half-empty stadium, pretty much, yes, with hardcore fans, and you'd get rid of all the tourists, like Mark Phillips alluded to, but it would be half-empty, I believe, or at least three-quarters. I just think we are at this moment, and the only facts we can go on, mate, the only facts we can go on are what the league table currently says and the current form. The current form has us 10th, and the league table has us what... um, 14th or 15th or whatever it is. Let me just look now so I can get it right. 14th. Okay. And at the end of the day, if we finished in that position, then that's what we would have wanted any other manager to do. And I'm right. And like you, I have massive doubts. The Newcastle game was terrible. I mean, I say terrible. I think actually in parts, when we come to actually, we played well in parts despite the scoreline. But, um, the, the, uh, there's things about Moyes. Suchek, he's, subs, although I think he got his subs right at the weekend. So when fans were singing, you don't know what you're doing. 
I'm hoping that was in respect of not taking Suchek off rather than changing the formation because I believe it was the right thing to do was to put um, was to put another midfielder in there when you're winning the game. And if we hadn't have done that, you know, fans have got things back then as well. I just think let's just keep going to where we are at the moment. And I think against Arsenal again, maybe a blind optimism, but I think if we I think we might surprise a few people because it's those times, and I know it's all in the past, it's different manager and players, but it's those games you least expect West Ham to do something from, but they, they tend to do something. Well, yeah, I mean, again, mate, I, I have to disagree because if we would have lost 6-0 on Saturday to Fulham, right, we, he would have got sacked, wouldn't he? Yeah. Just yeah. just humour me for a minute. Yeah, he yeah, would have got yeah. sacked, wouldn't he? Yeah. Right. So, so then you've got the same problem. Who do you go to? But then they still would go to people, wouldn't they? So it's not as if absolutely no one is available. And as for taking West Ham on, I've said it before. You know, if you're a a prospective manager and you're looking at West Ham, it's not as if, you know, the, the, the club are absolutely fucked. We've got problems, of course we have. But first and foremost, you look at the squad of players that you've got to work with without having a transfer window to fall back on. Well, firstly, you don't need a transfer window because we've got a good enough squad of players. We have. So you can go in there pretty much knowing that you've got the guarantee of keeping West Ham up. You know, if you're, if you've got something about you, that's all you need because like I've said, we're good enough for the players to actually do the job for you. And it's just like Roy Hodgson. It's a, it's a sigh of relief within the squad. He's gone in there, two games, two wins, including an emphatic victory at Ellen Road at the weekend. Unai Emery, look at the job he's done at Aston Villa. Now, I mean, I genuinely, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, I genuinely believe you could give the job to Kev Keane until the end of the season uh, and he'll pick up more points than David Moyes. I, think I that's, genuinely believe that. I think that's probably true. I mean, I'm not just trying to discredit the things. Again, I'm trying to offer alternative opinion, but... You, you know, you're talking to Roy Hodgson up there. His victories were against Leicester, which got the Leicester manager the sack and Leeds, which are also in the relegation zone. And we've already agreed that David Moyes is achieving those results. Let's see what happens when Crystal Palace play one of the top sides and see whether he still has the uh, um, impacts that he's having. Because where, where I think West Ham would have beaten both those teams, a Leicester, uh, a Brendan Rodgers' Leicester's team at home, I think we would have beaten. And I think on the way Leeds are, are we possibly would have won that game as well um, so I, I was wait till he plays the top team before finally saying that Hodgson's definitely turned it around and I do understand what you're saying Kevin Keane would be probably him alongside maybe Noble or someone else he would be my Mark Phillips as well since he's working with my under 18s they'd be my that would be what I would do now I think and if Brendan Rodgers and a few of the other names out there say they don't want to come to the summer then that is what I would have done and if Moyes had lost against Fulham um, I would have done that that's what I would have done but Again, he's made a change that everyone said he should do. He's done two up front, and I don't know if it necessarily worked, but he went two up top. He changed the team completely, five changes, and he got a result. Um, and if he can do that till the end of the season, that's what we would have wanted any other manager to do. So I do see your point. I'm not dismissing it, and I'm more on the fence of perhaps my my opinions lead, like give the impression of, but it's just... 
It's just I don't know. It's just it's, when I when I see West Ham fans holding up a banner, Moyes out when we've just won a game. When I go on social media and there's fans still having absolute meltdowns, fans telling me that it's not an own that it's not a goal because Fulham scored it. That it doesn't count where we are in the league. Blah 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 blah. I just think I think almost the more the out the get Moyes out agenda has actually overcome some logic now some people are pretty, like I'm not saying you because you can always apply a, a good argument to your opinions but I think uh, the, not and again people get annoyed when I talk about social media or in, in general the get Moyes out motion has just, has clouded some logic now and I think if I just think maybe I'll die by my opinions and we will get relegated I just don't think we will and that, that for me is the objective right now and the, the, the other teams are so poor <clears throat> maybe that's how we've been helped. You know, you look at Nottingham Forest, you look at Leicester, you look at Southampton, you look at Leeds, now on the back of a five on defeat. I think, I think Leeds play Liverpool, possibly at the weekend, possibly, I have to check that, but they've got, uh, it's either Palace or Leeds have got Liverpool at the weekend. And, um, and I just think the other teams won't, be able to get as much points as we will and we'll be fine. And then, and then in the summer, you do have to address the situation, 100%. Well, I mean, to go back to your first point about Roy Hodgson and the fact that he's played two poor teams there, I mean, you can't really argue that, but what you can say is he's beaten those teams with really good performances. Not the we first haven't. game against Leicester. They were 1-0 down. I scored in the last minute to, to equalise it. Apparently Leicester are the much better team. Well, it's also his first game back. And since the Leicester game, and he still won the game, but then after the Leicester game, he's been training with the players and, and, and implementing his ideas. And then the result of that is to go to Leeds and put five past the mix. And, and I, and we are, we are not seeing good performances at West Ham. Yes, we've mumbled and bumbled our way through Southampton, Forest and maybe Everton, but they're bad, they're, they're bad performances. And if we had Fulham every week now, or should I say maybe Southampton every week now to the end of the season, I wouldn't be as worried, but we have got tough games coming up and we're not playing well. And I think, and you say about Sierra Hodgson gets on against the big boys, I reckon he'd give them more of a game than West Ham will. And that, and again, that's my problem. Well, uh, uh, Southampton, I've just looked, mate, Southampton, uh, sorry, Palace are playing away at Southampton at the weekend. So, you know, it's another easy feature, or I'd say easy feature, it's another feature he'll be expecting to, to win. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how he does then. But yeah, I can't discredit. He's done, he's come in and he's probably got results where you can't say either way, but Riviera would have got them because there's no facts, but you'd like to think, well, you wouldn't like to think, but the, the, it would suggest that Roy Hodgson has done a good job since he's come in. Yeah, definitely. But then if you was to read the Palace fans' reactions to that appointment, no one wanted him in. And again, I think had there been better options out there, they probably wouldn't have appointed him. I mean, would you have wanted Roy Hodgson to have managed West Ham? I know you say you take anyone over, Moyes, but realistically, if I said to you, right, Roy Hodgson's going to come in, what would you have been your reaction to that? No, I wouldn't have been happy with it. But then again, mm. that this also proves my point in the sense that if you have good players at a football club, and I'm not saying Palace are littered with them, but they have match winners in their squad. If you can just bring someone in to change certain things and let the players play and unclip their wings, which is what we don't do at West Ham, then those players will get you results. Palace yeah, won't I, go down. Palace will not I, go I, down. No, That's no, why they changed their manager, because they were genuinely concerned they would do. They've changed their manager, and now they won't. With West Ham, we seem to be the only club that hasn't changed their manager, and we've got a squad that shouldn't be anywhere near this. 
position in the Premier League. Yeah, but we're not 10th, See, all all these bollocks and all these last two seasons, it's... it's, it's, I can't, mate, I can't but mate, it, mate. If you, if you, no, but you've got to understand, mate, that we're sitting tenth for the form table. You can't do your like to back your own point up. You can't do undo what's been done before. You can only do what's been done going forward. So if any other manager was in charge and they were sitting tenth in the form table from this point onwards, let's say we'd sat Moyes on January the first and they were sitting tenth in the form table, we'd all be saying that he's done a good job and that's what we wanted him to do. He can't help where we were sat before that point and yes you, you know it was Moyes that was in charge before but if you take it from the point where whatever I was saying about sacking the manager we are sitting 10th for the table if you'd said at the start of the week to me and I think we could probably even go back to the previous show to assess what we both said or um, or certainly the show um, before that how many points would we want or expect to pick up from Southampton Newcastle and Leeds I think if we'd said to anyone you'll get six points from that knowing that Newcastle are doing as well as they are and that they're pushing to be the third best team in the league, um, I think we would have all taken the six points. But now, but now we're going, and I'm seeing people shift from now it's not the results that matter, it's the performance that matters, when a couple of weeks ago we were saying we just need to get the results. So people are moving the goalposts when it comes to David Moyes, and I'm not saying he is 100% the right manager, but I am saying people are just changing their narrative because they want him out so much and not actually looking at what the facts are. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. No, see, again, I disagree. Because you talk about the form table and us being 10th. You know, it, it depends if you're going to look at this in black and white. I'm not playing a Michael Jackson game, by the way, in the secret. <laughs> but if you're going to look at it in black and white, okay, we've got the result of Fulham uh, and we're sitting 10th in the form table, whatever it may be. But actually, if you look at it, and I'll go back to my earlier point, and this is why I'm genuinely concerned, whether we are winning, whether we are losing, we are consistently poor. And if we had Southampton every week to the end of the season, I wouldn't be as worried. But if we take these performances into Arsenal on Sunday, even Bournemouth away on the 23rd, Liverpool at home on the 26th, Palace away on the 29th, Man City away on the 3rd of May, Man United on the 7th of May, Brentford away other than Leeds and Leicester, I don't know how we get away with it. And, and it's about a Moyes out agenda. How can it be an agenda when he's, he's so overwhelmingly underperforming in his role? I would say there's more of an agenda for Moyes in. Because, because it makes more sense to be Moyes out than Moyes in. Well, I mean, what you're saying about the fixtures is a fair point. I don't think it'll be as bad as those fixtures suggest because, you know, you're using Liverpool in there. They're not as good as they once were. Um, Brentford by then might not have anything to play for. Palace... We don't know what their standards is. You got Leicester in there. You got Leeds in there. You got Bournemouth in there. Like I, 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 it's it, you're right. Those fixtures are not don't look good. But at the end of the day, would you be calling? Let's just say on the back of. Bear in mind, we played quite well against Aston Villa, I think, as well as another game that was reasonably recent that we're not talking about. And yes, it was only a draw, but given how well Aston Villa are doing at the moment, with hindsight, it's probably not a bad result. And I think we were the better team against them. If a new manager was in post now, 
if a new manager's in post and we played exactly how we did against Leeds and exactly how we did against Southampton and Newcastle, would you be calling for the new manager's head right now? Well, the reason that is completely hypothetical, in my opinion, is because we wouldn't be playing like that with a new manager. Because we, our we were, players are better than that. If we were, would we be saying, well, no, the new guys came in and he's got a six points out of nine games? Uh, yeah. Sorry, six points out of nine points. Yeah, but then, but then my opinion and my whole argument behind getting rid of Moyes is that someone would come in and not play like that. So for you to then say, you know, uh, it's like me saying to you, right, it's, if, if, if we go out and lose 25 nil on Sunday, you know, would you sack him? You, I mean, you'd say yes, but then we're not going to lose 25 nil. In fact, you know, we could probably still lose two or three nil and he still keeps his job, which is wrong in my opinion. They shouldn't be here. I mean, I will say this. <laughs> on match of the day David Moyes clearly has some support in Danny Murphy because when Gary Lineker said it's interesting isn't it sticking with managers everyone panics don't they 14 managers have gone this season Danny said I think especially with someone of David's experience and know-how it was a no-brainer for me so he's basically suggesting that given David's experience he will get us out this mess but he's the one that's put us in it, X. It's not mm. as if he's just been appointed and, no. uh, you know, he, he, he's, he, his job is to have the impact that he previously had. Mm. For me, he is the problem. Did they think that we were right to stick with Avram Grant? Because he wasn't given £180 million to spend on players mm. that he didn't know how to use. And I really do respect everyone's opinions, including your own, X, but I can't understand the support for David Moyes in, anymore. Even his staff ain't having him. And they'll come out publicly telling us that they're all happy, but it's a load of bollocks. And, I mean, this latest thing, after that piss-poor performance against Fulham, all the players coming out saying, we're playing for the manager, we're playing for the gaffer. Well, let's see how much we're playing for the fucking gaffer on Sunday against Arsenal, because they fucking weren't playing for him on Wednesday when we got trounced by Newcastle, and then we farted our way past Fulham to get three points, and suddenly we're a team of superstars that are playing for the new fucking Jose Mourinho. I I, I just, honestly, mate, it is genuinely, genuinely rare, if not for the first time ever, that I, I actually am quite angry after a win. But... This whole Moisey. But you said at the start bollocks. of the show, it's all about the results, isn't it? So now, so now it's not, is it? Well, no. When I asked that question of you, to, to coin a phrase, it's all about the result. Because I knew that you would then go into saying it is all about the result. And if you look at what I then said after you said your piece, I then said, let me tell you why, at the moment for West Ham on Saturday, it wasn't all about the result. And then I went into, look at the fixtures we've got left. You can't play like that and get away with playing like that against the teams we've got coming up. So I don't understand what, what you know, what, what your stance is on this. My stance is, I'm trying to speak for an alternative opinion here because it's like I just think it's so easy for all these people to sit here slagging off David Boyson, slagging off the situation without considering a second opinion. I'm offering the silent minority a voice here that's what i'm doing i i'm not seeing and and you know of course i'll go on to patreon and twitter oh i 100 agree with dave this week 100 agree with dave this week because i've been getting it non-stop for the last seven eight weeks but there are people out there that do have an alternative opinion to moya's situation and i'll just try to speak for others if you want my true 100 honest opinion on what the situation is without trying to play devil's advocate i do believe we'll stay up i do believe we've got a strong chance of winning the trophy 
country. I do believe, therefore, that a change at this point is risky. However, if we don't stay up, he has to go. If we don't win anything or stay up comfortably, then he has to go. If he doesn't, if there's better options in the summer, regardless of what we achieve this season, and I mean the better options, as the managers that I've already listed countless amount of times, then I would have replaced David Moyes with them. Um, and I do believe there's problems. I do believe certain players aren't playing for him. You could look at the players being the issue as much as it being Moyes, but there are certain or recruitment, one of the two. There's certain issues that, that are there with the, certainly the new signings. There's issues with the backroom staff. I think that would happen regardless of who the manager was, because if things aren't going well, you always look for someone to blame and the obvious person to blame in a bad situation is the manager, because that's the obvious person. Happens in all industries, all businesses. Um, and I just think that the situation is poor and worrying, but, you know, not as horrendous as some people are making out. And I don't believe in the change at this point is the right decision. And I'll probably get that wrong, but we shall see. But I'm not sitting here thinking Moyes is the greatest manager ever. But I do think when I'm getting fans telling me own goals don't count and a win at Fulham isn't a good result because they didn't have Mitrovic. You know, we could go through our game saying, our season saying, well, we lost to that team because we didn't have Aguero. Or we lost to that team because we didn't have Zuma. Or we lost to, you know, all these arguments that other people make for being David Moyes being a crap manager, if you flip it around and offer the alternative argument in in the completely 180 scenario, it suddenly means a completely different thing. I think you've got fan sites that are changing their opinions left, right, and centre about whether we're going up or down. I just think we all need to get behind the manager. We did. The atmosphere against um, Fulham, I was there, was amazing. Apart from singing, you don't know what you're doing at the wrong time. So I thought that was the right sub. Yeah, I agree with that, by the way. Uh, um, and also holding up a banner when we we've just won the game Moyes out I don't agree with that either but aside from that the atmosphere was brilliant if we could the atmosphere against Newcastle was brilliant for the for the, the small parts we were still in the game I mean I think if Aguerd hadn't we haven't talked about that game but if Aguerd hadn't have made that mistake right at the start of the second half when we'd already made two mistakes before that a dreadful mistake that you can't you can't legislate for and Moyes couldn't because Aguerd's been one of our better players I think we would have got back in that game and then sort come from 2-0 down or whatever it was um, to be 2 all and possibly I think we might have even gone on to win it and it would a whole different scenario and I know it's all what ifs what ifs but that's what we're being offered against Moyes that's my stance I don't want to sit here and just slag David Moyes off the whole time because I think that's for other shows to do and other shows are making their their starts by doing it over and over and over again this is meant to be a balanced show which I think it is and we've always balanced every argument some of them I don't even agree with that I'm balancing but in this case I do think that Moyes should remain in post to the end of the season of course if we get battered by Arsenal if we lose on Thursday we get battered by Arsenal um, who's after that what's the fixture after Arsenal um, is it Bournemouth um, after that yeah, Bournemouth away. Bournemouth, if we lose that, then, then I think he should go. And I know this match-by-match match basis is not ideal, but when you've only got nine games or whatever it is left, um, then that's how you judge it, because there's no, you haven't got a long-term solution now because it's too late for that. So I think that's what you have to do for now onwards. And I'm sorry that people, I've had, I've had people, I sent you the message, mate, I've had people say they've cancelled their Patreon subscription because they, they disagree with my opinion so much and call me negative. 
I'm the one that's trying to bring positivity here. Uh, the, the, the actual argument was I'm fed up with you being so negative. And I said, well, I said, what am I being negative about? I'm the one that's saying West Ham will stay up and win something. He, what he meant was he's fed up with me not agreeing with his opinion. Well, I'm sorry. If you want shows like that, there's plenty of them out there that cut boys off for just being a man or being a human at times. So just go with them. This is a balanced show and balanced opinions. And I genuinely believe that for now, making a change would not be the right decision. I don't care who you bring in. Kevin Keane's done brilliantly for the under-18s. He would be my obvious choice. But he's been caretaker manager three times, as he, and this is a harsh thing to say, but it's probably something that, that would be used against Moyes, and he's lost all three of them. So is he the right person? I don't know. It's very hard to say what the right person is, and I really, really pray to God I'm not wrong in this opinion, because I think it's what the board are going to do anyway. So we're going to find out whether I'm right or wrong. Everyone that was Moyes out and saying, oh, we should get this manager in, this manager in, they're never going to get the actual answer to their question because they're never going to know what that manager did because it's never going to happen. Whereas with West Ham staying up under David Moyes, we are going to get an answer to because that's what I think is going to happen. He's going to be the manager to the end of the season. So I'll have to take a lot of shit for it. And that's what we are on this show. We're, we're opinions-based for podcast, and you have to live by your opinions, I guess. Well, well, you do. And um, listen, I'm going to have to live by mine when people message me saying I'm fed up hearing Dave being so negative after a win. But that's the nature that? of the beast. That's what we do. Well, they will no do. No one's ever done that. No, they, they will do. They will yeah, do. They I'm haven't sure they yet. I've, I've had hundreds so far. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the question I've got for you, right? And, and by the way, I want to go on record and say, I think one of this, uh, one of the reasons this podcast is so well received is that we are balanced. If I gave an opinion and then you just said, oh, no, you're right, Dave, you're right. Or you gave an opinion and I said, you're right, X, you're right. Some constantly all throughout the show. It'd be a boring listen. It would be a boring listen. And um, e- even if you are playing devil's advocate in some subjects, it makes for a more interesting discussion. But, you know, one discussion that I want to have with you now, and it is a question I've asked you before, is when you look at David Moyes at the moment, and, and let's do the unthinkable in some people's eyes and forget about the last two years, right? If we look at David Moyes and you look at the issues that he has with his staff, you look at the issues he has, I believe, with quite a number of players um, on a personal level and how he uses them, or more to the point, how he doesn't use them, the issues there are with his in-game management and the constant question marks we put over that, the relationships that he now doesn't have with the fans, and that's just getting worse week after week, the consistency of sticking with players that he shouldn't be sticking with, i.e. Thomas Suchek, because that is the biggest head-scratcher of them all, um, and the fact that he publicly uh, borderline victimises certain players, especially Ben Rama. When you look at this collectively, and by the way, I've scribbled this down about 10 seconds off the top of my head, I'm sure there's more. My question to you is, why specifically is David Moyes the right man for West Ham now? Why shouldn't we sack him? And what qualities does he possess as a manager that that could potentially take us into next season? Well, or finish not, the season on a higher? Well, it's not necessarily what makes him the right manager. It's also what makes him the best alternative. That's the, the better way to phrase okay, it. Okay, yeah. However you want to answer it. Because the right manager would be a top-class manager that's never done anything wrong and, and is one of the best in the business. That would be the right manager. But given what is available right now, there isn't much to say. 
but other than you say the, the the two things that I come back to and again people can be screaming at me is that you say he hasn't got in good in game management or he hasn't got good tactical decisions or whatever we just got battered by Newcastle five one which could have literally derailed him completely he's basically been told by every media outlet every ITK pretty much anyone that had any insight into West Ham that it was make or break against Fulham um, he's changed the team he's made five changes changed the formation as well made five changes brought back some players that have had a lot of stick i.e. Cresswell gets abused you know yesterday for example this just sums up things for me at the moment I put a tweet because it was his it was his 100th game um, 100th victory in a West Ham show or something like that so I put a tweet saying what a great servant he's been for 10 uh, for almost 10 years deserves a testimonial I, mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to hide probably 15 comments where people say he's shit he cost us the Europa League semi-final he's fucking awful yeah. uh, uh, like, to hide them because I thought I've tagged this guy into these messages I, I, I don't I, well, I've meant to be like a nice boost for him if he does see it or not um, and I've got all these people slagging him off underneath it after you know 10 years of a great service that shows that your West Ham fans seem to to, and I'm not saying you can live on the past you can't but certain things like that you do have to remember what a player's done for the club that's why Trevor Brookings Billy Bonds all of the legends of past are loved they're not doing it right now because they've retired but Aaron Cresswell served us well for 10 years and and got got hammer of the year one season and was a very good signing for the championship so now people played well on Saturday by the way yeah he did and now all of a sudden he's shit because he's had a not so good season this is what I mean about being reactionary but anyway he changed all these players brought Bonner in the defensive line was over Court Chafal over 30 or Bonner over 30 Cresswell over 30 Fabianski 37 and yet that defensive line kept a clean sheet and played very very well I know they didn't have Mitrovic but they still played well it's still a Premier League team sitting in the top half of the table you know yes Mitrovic is their main player but we've spent the whole season with key players not playing um, and that's never been used as a defence of David Moyes by some um, and and at the ultimate thing is mate the league table doesn't lie if the league table ends tomorrow we don't go down if we if we play in we the shouldn't Europa, even be having that discussion no we shouldn't but we're taking it as the matter right now why he should be the manager right now and the conference draw does not lie we're in the quarterfinals of the conference league that is what I'm taking it on you can say bring in this manager bring in that manager they'll do this they'll do that but there's no facts to back it up the form table says we're 10th which is what we would have expected from a new manager so yes David Boyd's got us into this bother you can't take that away but a new manager in from January if you were to be told he'd be 10th you would take that and that's where we are under David Moyes you bring in a new manager as you've seen Leicester they don't know who to appoint they're appointing a manager sacked in the relegation zone which is what Southampton tried to do Southampton appointed their assistant manager who was in the, who took them in the relegation zone in the, in the first place Chelsea appointed the manager that they sacked and it was at Everton Everton appointed the manager that was out of work probably the only one that was reasonably available Nottingham Forest have stuck with Steve Cooper Crystal Palace have gone back to a 75 year old 
involved that none of their fans wanted. You know, you look at it like that. That is why I think we just need to pray, and it is pray, and it is hope and channel positive thoughts that David Boys will keep us out of this. And if he keeps us out of it, and he either wins the Conference League, or even if he doesn't win the Conference League, and he goes at the end of the season, we can say, thanks, Moisey. It wasn't a great last year. But on the whole, your time at West Ham was good, but we're going to move on to another level. But what is also worth noting about Moyes, and I'm not sure whether this is a compliment to him or not, but again, it's a fact. Every time, and it was it was in the um, the questions at the end of the show, but it seems relevant to say it now. Um, I'm going to have to find the exact tweet so that I get it right. But um, basically, every time that David Moyes had a bad season at Everton, when so he finished seventh, this is it. So Darren Molin said, brilliant job, lads, playing as devil's advocate here, which is what I do. Are we jumping the gun with Moyes after finishing seventh with Everton in the 0203 season? He followed it with a 17th place finish with only nine wins all season. But after that, he followed it with a fourth place finish and then never lower than eighth in eight or nine following seasons with European tours in four of them. No, maybe the, it depends what you believe, doesn't it? I mean, for me, I I have lost all belief in David Moyes because we're not talking about. Because if I was to say to you, right, X, list me David Moyes' qualities, I think I genuinely think you and a lot of Moyesian people would struggle. If if you said to me, right, Dave, tell me what's wrong with David Moyes, I'll give you a list as long as my arm. So of it's course, not a case but of mate, okay, mate, you just missed the odd player out, and oh, we've had a guard missing. You know, every every football team has their injuries. Okay, mate. So when all those seen... players, you're all those players, all those teams you're talking about that of of sacking managers now scratching around for someone else, it's because they they they're not as attractive as West Ham. Leicester are in that position because they sold some big players and didn't get the chance to reinvest that money back into the squad, and since then it's been a challenge from Southampton a shit Sean Dyche has actually gone into Everton one of the worst squads in the division in my opinion and actually I believe he will keep them up when at one point I thought they were doomed so, Crystal uh, Palace two wins out of two they look fucking on fire at the weekend you know and, and they're, they're not David Moyes doesn't have excuses in my opinion if I'm being generous if I'm being generous we've had a European campaign um, where we've had to play on a Sunday after playing on a Thursday Okay, but then the counter-argument of that is you, you probably could have put your C-squad out against some of the teams that we played and have and not have our domestic season affected by a European campaign. And you could argue that we've had injuries to some key personnel. But then you can counter-argue that with, well, doesn't everyone? Because that's football. I don't think David Moyes has an excuse with that squad of players to be where he is. Maybe not, but when we were, you know, at Leon, three and um, beating them three nil and singing, we've got Super David Moyes, which is you know right, a year ago now. What, tell me that. Tell me now, what was his strengths then? Well, see, this is the question, isn't it? This is this is the million dollar question because he seems to have capitulated, just like Slaven Bilic did. If you look at that final season at the Bolin. We all love Slavin Bilic, and some people still do, by the way. But then after that, he absolutely fell apart. And you can say some of it is circumstantial. Maybe it's the, it's the integration uh, of, of moving into the new stadium. Maybe it was too much turmoil around that affected the players, affected him, and everything that came with it, the infighting with the fans, and we don't even like the stadium. Maybe that was the start of his downfall. You know, with Johnny Lyle, he, unlike, unlike Moyes, he actually won something. Johnny Lyle, but, but also relegated us, unlike Moyes. 
Well, you, well, what you're saying, like, more is for now. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, for now. For now. But, 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 then, but then also, when you look at Johnny Lyle, we look after what happened in 86 and that fantastic achievement, we didn't reinvest into the squad. We needed to. We'd lost key players and we didn't put money back in to, to, to be sustainable at that level. With David Moyes, I, I don't, I just don't think he's got the excuses. And in terms of what's gone wrong, I don't know. You look at the fact that he lost his, his club captain. And again, this is what I mean. Some of this could be circumstantial. I heard Alan Irvine was a massive part of, of David Moyes' success. He went, Stuart Pierce, how much of a, a difference did that make? Not having him there. Mark Warburton coming in. Have they got the best relationship? Who knows? Mark Noble that uh, has gone from the dressing room. Big changes, wholesale changes. Poor recruitment decisions, maybe. He's brought in what I still believe are very good players, but maybe they don't fit into his system. A new manager could come in and actually do the unthinkable and create a system for these players to play in rather than what David Moyes does and sign players to fit into his system, which don't suit the players. You know, and, and there's, there's possibly friction with the staff, individual relationships with the players. Maybe, X, maybe... He doesn't want the job anymore. Maybe he couldn't think of anything better than to get the sack at West Ham because you can't blame him. He won't walk away because he'll be walking away from a big pay packet. So maybe he's lost enthusiasm for management in football. Maybe he thinks he's peaked with the last two years and he's not putting in what he wants to put in anymore. Maybe it's circumstantial. Maybe it's incompetence. Whatever the reason is, he is not fit to manage West Ham anymore, in my opinion. And what worries me, X, is that we, it doesn't worry me what I'm about to say, is that we do stay up, but by staying up, he then gets next season. Okay, because well, I, I just think that would be a terrible decision to make. Well, yeah, that I, I don't agree with. I mean, I do agree with whether I, I'm in your chain of thought. I mean, because I do think if we just about stay up, then you would have to get rid of him. And I'd be like, why is it? Uh, uh, if he keeps a job be, and gets us relegated, I will 100% be the most vocal person out there saying, I think it's a ridiculous decision. I promise you that now, because a club should not be relegated with the, as you've said, all the arguments you've said, we should not be relegated 100%. And if he relegates us, that's a whole season where the the outcome is not debated it's factual he has relegated us then then he then he should go one million percent he should go if he gets us up just that he should go I, I agree may i agree with that but the thing is that's not what has happened right now and this is why this is why i want to hold on to see and it might be too late it might well be too late and then i'll be thinking for goodness sake why don't we sack him earlier because avran grant this is the difference mate avran grant i was calling him to go i mean no one we won't have evidence of this because we didn't do the podcast but i'm prom- i'm telling people to trust me on this i was calling on avran grant to go way before um he did i was saying it when we even before we were linked with martin o'neill and other managers because he clearly just couldn't do anything right and i know people feel that about Moyes, but i don't agree he clearly couldn't do anything right i was calling billich to go you went first and then i went shortly after you for billich to go um i, I thought he should go i didn't think Allardyce should go i thought that was harsh because yes the football wasn't great but at the time we were in a rebuilding process and he seemed the, the most stable one to to rebuild at the time i did i didn't um i didn't um I thought I, I thought Pellegrini should go as well. So I do call when managers should go. I thought Rhoda should go as well. Like I've called them, but for just in this incident, I don't think going right now with nine games to go or whatever it is is the right is the right decision. That's all. And you know, it, it is it is just 
a lot easier for me, mate. A lot easier. Honestly, trust me. I, if I came on here and I said, because I did say, don't forget, after, after the Wolves game, when we got battered at Wolves, I did say, okay, I think maybe if you're the right person out there, he should go. So it's not like I haven't admitted that things aren't, you know, great at, at the club. I said after the Wolves game, I remember saying, I think he's got to go, but they didn't. And he kept on and he kept on and we're taking it as a game by game basis. Now I do think he should be kept on and of course it'd be so much easier for me so much easier for me to come on here and go yeah you're right Dave you know I'm being the first person to say about Suchek it winds me up chronic I was taking stick for slagging Suchek off at the start of this like podcast two years ago um, and now everyone's agreeing with me I, it'd be much easier for me to take the opinion of the majority but I'm not saying that's what you do please don't see it as a thing as you because I know you don't but it would be a lot easier for me to do that it would be and I, I just can't give an opinion that I don't 100% agree with I can put things out there as like as um to balance an argument and stuff, but I will give what my ultimate opinion is, and that I've already said what my ultimate opinion is. I don't think David Moyes has done a good job this year. I think he's got lots of faults. The, the Suchek stuff's ridiculous. The fact we can't play the signings is ridiculous. Some of the subs are ridiculous. The relationship with the fans um, and the players is ridiculous. Um, so there's, yeah, you're right. There's lots of things to criticise at the moment. But I have enough faith that we will stay up under him and then you address the decision in the summer. Well, our next game is against Ghent on Thursday. Are you looking forward to going back to Belgium? Um, kind of. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to, I'm still, still a little bit scarred by the last experience. <laughs> but, but I have done a little bit of research and I have been unreliably informed that it's in a, not, it's a much nicer area um, than where we were before. Um, the hotel seems really nice. It's right next to the bloody stadium. So how much trouble we can get in, literally. <laughs> You'd be surprised. A hundred yards. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it happened in Lyon, didn't it? We were in it happened the in Frankfurt so as well. Was, yeah, yeah, very true. But that was the fucking ridiculousness of being told to walk through a forest but yeah I'm hoping I'm hoping we should be okay Ghent and Bruges which are meant to be is meant to be quite close are meant to be lovely cities so yes I am definitely looking forward to being back in Europe with West Ham and I think I think we'll I think we'll win uh, I think we'll do well there and um, yeah hopefully we can um we can enjoy another great away day and then maybe on to Amsterdam in the semis mm. do you put out a strong team for that on Thursday um, you put out a strong rotated team, in my opinion. So you work out which players you definitely need against Arsenal um, and then which ones you definitely need to win the game. So for me, you change the keeper. I'd put Ariola in just to get him more match experience. I'd put Glenn Johnson. I always call him Glenn. Ben Johnson in there. I would put... Um, I'd put Emerson back in the team. Um, I'd put Aguero back in the team so that he hasn't got his last game as that bad experience against Newcastle I would keep Rice but then I would alternate some of the others so I might I might drop Antonio for that and put Ings up there or Cornet up there um, because I think Antonio looked tired against Fulham and I think we'll need him against Arsenal so I would do selective rotation but a strong enough team that's going to go out there and be hopefully too good for this team yeah I agree well, people would be forgiven for not knowing too much about Ghent, so let's find out a little bit more about this mob. Ghent were formed in 1864, originally as a gymnastics association. Their nickname is the Buffaloes, a term coined after a visit from the original Buffalo Bill and his Wild West Circus to the city in the early 20th century. 
The club's mascot is Buffalo Ben, and believe me, you wouldn't look out of place in the village, people. Google him. Ghent is a medieval city with a population of 475,000 and is known for its large public squares and marketplaces. They have won the Belgian league once back in 2015 and 13 years ago they won the Belgian Cup for the first time in their history. The club reached the quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup in 1992 which is their best ever achievement in a European competition. Ghent have a fierce rivalry with Club Bruges, in fact they have a nickname for the fans of Bruges which in English translates to peasants. Kevin De Bruyne has spent six years in their academy and do you remember Mido? He played for them 23 times scoring 11 goals. No one has scored more goals for Ghent than Laurent Dupotra with 236 and no one has played more games for the Buffaloes than Frederick Herpawell with 377 appearances. They currently sit fourth in the Belgian league where they are on a seven game unbeaten run in all competitions. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.